0: learning about how to live in the kingdom of God and for years and maybe you're not like me Uh, probably there's not many people like me which is you might be thankful of that but um where you know I went to church and I loved church I mean kind of grew up in church I went to the Methodist church here in town and and then as I got older and and uh ended up going to actually was abundant life the assembly of God church got ordained in the assemblies of God and, uh, and, uh, pastored in the assemblies for years. And we've been pastoring now for over 25 years or so. And, and just doing what God has called us to do. This isn't an AG church. We left the assemblies in a good way. We love that. Uh, that's a good fellowship, but we were just, you know, God had something else for us. And so we're independent, non-denominational, but I said all that just to say this. So if you're new, then you get, you got a little history right there. Um, I went to church and loved it, but you know, we'd come home or, and somebody say, boy, church was good. And I'd say, Yeah, it was, and I mean it was, but Monday was still coming, and I was trying to figure out how I figured out what or what seemed to be so easy on Sunday to apply it on Monday. Anybody, can I get a witness? I'm just like, dear Jesus, help me figure this out, because I still had the same issues or the same frustrations on Monday, and and, although church did me good to be there and all of that, so I'm not taking away from that, but... Part of the passion that God has put in me is we, we're going to look at things so that you can apply it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can do that. If I can show you some things that you could do and I guarantee it will make a difference, would you do them? Now, you don't have to. Nobody's going to force you to, but I'm just saying people are coming. And it's not because of me, because they're in the Bible. So I, I, I want to talk about citizenship, about living in this kingdom of God. So today is our second message in that. So we're learning to do things two ways and we can go about things two ways. Let's just do that way. There is the world's way we can strive and labor for everything that we do and just go after it and sweat and just, you know, when we think about, I want to go do this or I need to have this particular something. The first thing that pops in our mind is I need a second job. I need something. I need somebody to die and give me an inheritance. See, you guys didn't think I'd say that, did you? But, you know, you, you start thinking, how do I, okay, and we, our mind starts going by this natural thing, or we could just let God supernaturally help us. Now, understand, I'm going to show you some things, not meaning God is the, the money fairy, and, and not that we have a mailbox mentality. A mailbox mentality is, there's so many believers that are saying, I'm just waiting on God. Truth is, God's waiting on us. But we will sit by and wait on something to arrive in our mailbox or whatever. That's not the mentality I'm talking about. We don't want that mentality. I'm not talking about just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and all of that. I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually living in the kingdom and finding out how the kingdom works and there is a better way to live. So it's the kingdom of God. So we want to talk about that. Um, You know, this is almost one of those, if you were Forrest Gump, I may not be a smart man, but I might want to listen That was... Okay. Alright. Here's our first thought for this morning. You must choose. You're going to have to choose what kingdom you want to live in. You're going to have to pick kind of what side you're going to be on, which way you're going to live, which way you're going to take your family, which way in your belief system, your inside, your heart, and how that's going to function. You must choose. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Your Bible may say mammon. May say mammon. So let me just talk about that. Mammon appears four times in scriptures, three times in Luke. 16 at once in Matthew 6, where we just read it. So if you didn't have New Living Translation or another translation, many times it'll say Mammon. So what is Mammon? Most people think Mammon is money, but Mammon is an Aramaic word which means riches. Not just riches in itself. Mammon was a Syrian god of riches, and he came from Babylon. So when we talk about Babylon, Revelation talks about Babylon. Most aren't sure where it came from. It came from the Tower of Babel. Of, of, in, in Babylon. So understanding Babel means confusion. The word Babylon means founded or sown in confusion. So that's what Babylon is. It's a word that's sown in confusion. That mammon is talking about being confused. And it is dealing with money, but we're going to get further in that. Mammon says this. It says, you don't need God. You just need more money. Mammon says, you don't need God. You just need more money. It tries to replace God with things. Boy, if you just had this sports car, you'll be all right. What you need to make you happy is a boat. Or girls, if you just had that Vera Bradley purse, that's really going to make the difference. Of course, that's what Mammon is trying to teach us all that. Now, we're not talking about money. We're talking about, this is what I want you to understand, the spirit that rests on money. Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So money has a spirit on it. It's either going to have that mammon spirit, that world spirit, or it's going to, you can transfer it to the kingdom and have God's spirit on it. So don't, don't lose me now. Don't, don't turn me off. Let me just explain a little bit, and you can understand. When we, when we receive offering, you'll see me say, hold that, and now we're going to pray over that, and we change. it changes kingdoms because you have authority over what has been given to you. Say amen to that. So when you have authority over that, you get to choose where it goes. And because you have the authority of that, you're taking, you're breaking. How many knows in this world there's binding and loosing? According to the Bible. I don't know what book, but that's that's the book you need to be reading. If you're reading another book, that's this one's got all the answers. Binding and loosing. So we are binding that mammon spirit. We are loosing the spirit of God. It is changing kingdoms so that Jesus... ...can come in because you've now put it under the authority and the legality of the kingdom of God... ...and now he has access to work. It sounds kind of crazy and in some ways you're going to listen to me and go, now that sounds too simple. But it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it's not simple. I'm just saying it's not crazy. It's amazing what God works. In this this series, I'm going to tell you story after story and there's no other way that that could happen... ...outside of being in the kingdom you see money needs to be redeemed that's why the first portion redeems the rest jesus was god's firstborn how many know that and it redeems the rest in the old testament that first animal had to redeem the rest remember it had that was old testament new testament jesus came and he died on the cross for you and i that firstborn now his blood redeems the rest that makes that first portion makes the other the rest of the portion redeemed. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Money is, uh, has God's spirit on it. cannot be touched by the devourer. That's the enemy. And Satan, if you remember, I'm just giving you a quick history. Israel's firstborn, he wanted the firstborn. And remember, they went in. Again, Old Testament, they, they put blood above the doorway... And they could not, the enemy could not get the firstborn that were covered. Why? Because they were redeemed because of the blood. Because of what that represents. So money that has the spirit of mammon on it can and will be eaten by the devourer. So mammon promises you everything but delivers nothing. It is a liar. It promises you what God can give you and it wants you to believe that. There's people, and you know, you might know some people, maybe you are some of them people. You know what, if I just play the lotto right now, if I give this last $10, I could win. Because if the chances, I have heard, I worked at Honda for seven years, true story. Somebody, this and I don't know who it was, I don't know if they worked at Honda or they just knew of somebody, but they mortgaged, remortgaged their house when the, when the lotto was millions and bought all of that with tickets. Believing that one of those would win, they'd pay off their house and live on Easy Street. They didn't win. Explain that one. That would be tough. Mammon promises you so many things and gives you nothing. It says, If you'll serve me, Jesus says, You cannot serve both. We have to choose. Mammon says, If you have more money, it will make you secure. It promised you significance, importance, freedom, power, independence, peace, love, joy. But you get all these from God. And if you need finance, you need to seek God because God will provide that for you. But mammon tries to bypass that. It's our choice. It's revealed to you as you walk it out and revealed to you so you can walk it out. As you walk it out and so you walk. You know, vision is revealed as you you walk it. When I started this church 12 years ago, God didn't say, Brett, here's the next 12 years. Let me show you what's going to go down. I could have said, words. (laughs) He didn't do that. He said, start this church. I'm like, I've never started a church. I don't know how to do that. So I had to find out. had to figure that out. You know, our kids started. Our kids were the band. My son was the drummer. My son was the bass player. Mallory played the guitar. And and, uh, Maddie, uh, she was the dancer, I guess, so to speak. She does all that. (laughs) And Kim played the keyboard, and I played the radio, and so we all worked. I was good at the radio; I can get most stations. But you know, we just figured it out. She handed the kids. We, you know, we watched our kids do different things. We watched Zach beat on his brother and sister, you know, in the car, just patting on everything. She's like, he is a drummer, and so she just said, "Here, here's some sticks. We're gonna believe God for uh, drums." And we got drums and, you know, go play this. And told Sam, play this. You're going to be the bass player. Mal, learn the guitar. So I taught Mal some guitar chords and the rest she just did. She already had the, the gift and the voice. I didn't, I didn't give that to her. She got that from her mother. I had part of it, but you know what I'm saying. Jesus said you can't serve two. You, the word serve here is labor for. You'll have to choose who you labor for. I'd rather, I'd rather do some things for the kingdom of God than do some things that really don't amount to a hill of beans. I can labor for myself, in myself, or I can let the Father demonstrate himself through you and me and accomplish more than I ever thought possible. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty one, do not worry, saying, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I want you to understand this as saying. We'll get into this later. The New Covenant is a saying covenant. The Old Testament was a doing covenant. Now, you have to have doing with saying, but New Testament primarily is you're going to have to watch. Life and death is in your mouth. That's in Proverbs, which is Old Testament, but they're getting us ready for how we're going to walk in this New Covenant. It is a saying covenant. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, do not doubt. That's how the kingdom of God operates. Believing in our belief system with our heart, saying it with our mouth, and not doubting. I believe that God will do it. God will take care of me. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I mean, I can do all things through Christ. You either believe that and walk in that system, or you don't. My wife has told me over and over again, what I need is a word from God. If I get a word from God, I'm good. How many understand that? If God said it, that settles it. If he said it and you don't believe it, don't matter. It still settles it. Just because I've got people that go, you know what, brother Brad, I just don't believe in the Bible. Just don't think Jesus is coming back. I'm sorry to tell you, he says he is. You cannot believe it all you want. Doesn't change the fact he's coming back. And when I'm not here, could you take care of my place while I'm gone? Because I'm going. Because he said he's coming back. Here's our second thought for this morning. You must rest and not run. Now, I, I started with just saying that my wife says, I have a word. You see, because if God says something, then you can rest on that. You can rely on that. You don't have to worry if God said it. When my kids were growing up, we, I, we're going to do something. We're going to go to the zoo today. We're going to go to Cedar Point today. We're going to go to the movies. We're going to, and they would say, Daddy, do you promise? And if I said, I promise, then it was as good as gone. They couldn't wait. Then Mallory would go get ready. She's a girl. She's entitled to hours to get ready. How many guys can get ready in about two minutes? How many girls... Just get frustrated because we can get ready in two minutes. I'm still glad that I'm not a girl. Anyway, we would go because I promised. And if I promised, it was, just, it was, it was written in stone because Daddy promised. That is the same as it is with God. If God said it, it it's good. You can rest in that. So then you can settle back and say, I've got God's word on it. So we have a choice. We could run after things like unbelievers, chase them down, because they don't know what else to do. They don't trust God. Now, we have our part to put our hand to it. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? We have to spend time with him, catch what he's telling us to do. If we spend time with God, he downloads those things to you. And the Bible says he blesses the work of our hands. That's in Deuteronomy. But, I mean, you need to be doing something. I said it last week, I'll say it again, zero and zero in math in heaven is still zero. So if God's telling you to do something, then you need to do it. It might be sowing, it might be just standing on the word, it might be all of both and be confessing that and believing, helping, serving, whatever he's asking you to do. The Bible says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. If you look at that, it's talking about things. Matthew six is comparing two systems. The first is running after things in our own strength. The second, if Jesus and the Father know that I need them, and He says He's going to show us how to provide for them. If we go after Him first, if we seek Him first, if that becomes our priority, God, I don't have to worry about these other things, you take care of that. If I go through the drive thru with my children, they never worry about Dad gonna pay? I don't know. If we're going through the drive through and I'm saying, hey, listen, we're going to grab something to eat, I got it. They never worry about it, they don't even go for their wallet. When will we trust God? When will we believe what God says? If God says, I'm going to provide for you, let's believe it. God's way is higher than man's way of running after stuff. The enemy is a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies and there's no truth in him. But the things that we're talking about are the things that the world is running after. Because the church almost thinks like we can't have things. Where does it say you can't have things? You just can't let things have you. Did you catch that? You can have nice stuff. It's okay to live in a nice house. It's okay to drive a good car. It's okay to have money in the bank. It's okay to have enough and more than enough. God wants you to have more than enough. What is not okay is for you to be in love with that stuff more than you love God. And let that stuff have you. That's what God is trying to tell you. I'll provide these things for you, but you've got to put this in order. I don't want to idolize anything and put it above God. Go after God first. God wants you to have more. I, have you ever had people? I, we had a guy. We were in a service one time, and the guy stood up and said, "Pastor," I said and he, said, "I just I want you to know I'm blessed. I mean I'm really blessed. I'm adding the accent. So just so you know, I don't think he talked that way, but it just sounds more fun to say it that way." <laughs> I'm really blessed. And I said, right. And he goes, I just want God to turn off the fountain. I just want him to stop it. I was looking on the, I was like, I told my wife, I said, you know, God love him. But man, is there a stamp that says, duh? I mean, are you kidding? Because here's the thing. You know, if we, if God is blessing you, it's not so that you can be a hoarder. (laughs) It is so that you'll have more than enough. If you're a good steward, that you can bless some people that are just trying to figure this thing out. And you can help some other people. If you got what you need, then bless somebody else. We've been teaching on lines of confession and how faith operates. I know what it's like to not have anything. I know what it's like to be bankrupt. Been there. I know what it's like to be on Wick. get peanut butter and Cheerios delivered to your house while the people across the street are getting the swan guy with the ice cream and all that stuff. And my kids going, can we have some of that? How many have ever felt what it's like when that ice cream truck runs around your neighborhood and plays the song and your kids are like, can we have, can we have some ice cream? And you're like... That song means they're out. (laughs) We all know what it's like to be tight and have things squeezed out of us and almost feel like, I want to turn something down. I want to go, but I can't. So then how do we do that? Then we've got to prioritize where is the problem. So this isn't, again, going back to our mindset of name it, claim it, blab and grab This isn't what we're talking about. It's talking about being a good steward with what God has given you. There are going to be some things you need to say no to. I can't do that right now. Why? Because I'm prioritizing. Because God is ordering my steps. Just because you want to live in the kingdom doesn't mean, you know... Let me let me say this. <laughs> yeah, if, my wife's probably over there, dear Jesus. She's probably praying in tongues. Help him, Lord. Don't let him say anything. Well, <laughs> <But> when my... <laughs> My kids, when they're all living at home, if they're using my money, they want to live like the rich and famous. Isn't that true? But when it's their money, I think I'll just go ahead and get the dollar menu. We went to Wendy's. And, and I, I mean, I, I love Wendy's. But, you know, my son, he had to have that double bacon cheeseburger. And I am making you hungry right now. I mean, and they're good, no doubt. I'm like, buddy... You can get four Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers for the price of the one double. And he's like, have you ever tasted the difference between... (laughs) And he's right! But it's my money! If we want to choose the kingdom, we just have to say, God, what do you want me to do? And that doesn't mean that he couldn't have a double. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, we have to be a good steward with what we've been given. And sometimes we want to live, my, my folks are here, they moved from Florida to help us with the church, and they're here. They used to go around all over the place. They lived in a motor coach, and they went all over the world. They went, I mean, all around, you know, and, and uh, we loved that. We'd go with them. Sometimes we'd go to Myrtle Beach. We drove to Myrtle Beach, stayed in their motor coach on the beach. That was, I mean, we are a little crowded, but that's pretty cool. My kids got to see the beach, and we decided, hey, we want to, we would like to have a trailer, so we went and priced them and we were trying to figure out a trailer. See, we didn't know all the facts. Come to find out, we didn't want a little tent trailer. We wanted the luxury trailer. And you can't have a luxury trailer unless you have something to pull it. That is a sin. So now I had to have a trailer. Then I had to have a truck or a van or something that had some oomph with it instead of the little car that went... <laughs> we were driving. So we had to realize... Before you can run, you might need to crawl. So sometimes we want this, but we've got to walk right here because we can't handle this. Are you with me? That doesn't mean that you'll never get that. That means that you're going to believe if that's what you want, you're going to honor God. And God can help you, not just to get stuff, so don't misquote me here. I'm just talking about living in the kingdom. It is his good pleasure to bless you you don't have any money, it strains your marriage. Because that's what you talk about all the time. It gets back to lack. How many remember the song from The Apprentice? Money, 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 money. There's three people in the back. Money. The other people are looking back. You were weird. I don't know. Hard to be a good dad or mom when all you think about is... Money, tough to be happy when you have no money, can't go anywhere because of lack of money, can't relax because you need money. The whole world seems to revolve around money. Churches can't talk about money because if they do, that's a sin, even though the Bible doesn't say that. But we all get like, oh, and as soon as they say we're going to receive an offering, our first hand goes, not to my wallet. I've been there. Because what happens is we turn into, if we're not careful, Gollum. The precious. Things become more precious than Jesus. Because without Him you wouldn't have a job. He's the one that supplies, you know, your job is actually paying you money for you to be a witness to God. Pastor, I can't talk, they get me in trouble if I talk about God. Then live for God. Just live out loud. Let people see how you live so they'll say, man, there's got to be something. There's some people come up and say, what is going on? And it's not because I've got all this down because trust me, I'm still in school. But it is because God is first. The devil has lied to us. We've made up doctrines that are not true and they're not the word of God. It is God's will that you be blessed in this life. You be blessed in your marriage, blessed in your finances, everything you put your hand to. It is his will. It states it in his book. If you don't believe that, you'll tend to do what the world does and run after money. Everybody's got needs. We all have needs. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. This is the very first sermon Jesus spoke after the wilderness. The spirit of the sovereign Lord. So my first thing, okay, sovereign. We all get what sovereignty is. What's that mean? God can do whatever He wants to. We understand God is sovereign. We understand, but God wrote the rules. In other words, they're in the book, and that's the rules He abides by. He doesn't arbitrarily just go, you know what, I'm going to break my rules here. I'm going to go ahead and do something outside the box of the book. He stays in the rules that he made. He operates inside of what he's already stated. So we have to know the will of God so that we can walk and operate in faith. Back to Isaiah, Jesus said he's anointed to preach good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? Finances would probably help, but how to get them in a way that you know that God is behind it. Poor isn't always about money. There's people that are poor in health, poor in happiness, poor in joy. So it could be whatever that is. You can fill in the blank there. But the bottom line is God doesn't want you to be poor in anything. People just want to stop running. If I can just win the lotto, then I can rest. I just talked to somebody the other day and they said, I finally got to retire after 30 years. I'm really enjoying it. And they should. But you know what? Their, their comment was, I finally get to rest. Because you know what we do? If you're not retired, you're going to get up every day, go to the job and do what you do. Nothing wrong with that. But the whole world is just wanting to rest. Favor is blessing. God has got favor on you because you're a believer. Now, when Adam fell, the enemy came and took what was rightfully ours because Adam gave it to him. Jesus came back, took it from the enemy and gave it back to you and I. That's authority. And that's his favor. The ground was cursed because of what man? Because of Adam. And so it said by painful toil and sweat, according to the Bible. Then that's that fun to look forward to? But we've been talking about the laws of faith. And remember, laws can't... They can be discovered, but they can't be changed. I cannot change laws that are in existence. That God has already put in there. I, I, I don't mean I have to like them. I, even laws that are gravity. I don't have to like gravity, but I can't change it. Gravity still works. So we need to understand, I cannot change the law. I can discover it or I can supersede it with a law of lift so that a 25 million ton plane can fly... Go figure. So we have to understand laws can't be changed. Here's our last thought for this morning. Now remember, I can't serve God and, and money. I can't, I can't love money. God's going to supply my need. Our last thought, you must release your faith, not fear. Release your faith and not fear. Because you're releasing one or the other. Fear is the opposite of faith. Something's working all the time. What are you going to stand on? There's some things that you're going to have to deal with. Some things that maybe that you've come up with, a roadblock you've come up to, and you're like, oh, here I am again. Okay, what does faith say? What are you going to do this time? Brett, you don't even know. I've done a hundred times. I've messed this up. I get it. But now we're talking about this time. What are we going to do right now? What are you going to do to activate your faith right now? What's going to change that makes things different right now? I mean, I, I got, in the past, I'm going to say that, I've had issues. You got issues? Let's put it in the past, okay? We all have issues. Some of mine have been bullheadedness. No, don't say anything, honey. Um, pride. Stubbornness. Have I got them all mastered? Sure, I do. No, I don't. I don't have them all mastered. But I remember, you know, or how many have ever been? You felt like I always want to get the last word. I want to be the one. I want to be the one that's right. And I'll teach her, tell her how that's going to go down. And we've been married for a long time. She's probably going to say longer than you know, but no, uh, uh, thirty-three years and awesome. But I remember we were arguing one time in the car, and, and it was a good one. Not that ever arguments are good, but it was a good one. And we were, we were doing that tennis match back and forth. I want to say this, I you say that. And, you know, it was kind of something I can't remember what we were arguing about. Isn't that the way most of it is? You know, you really argue about something you don't even Remember? We've had churches split, and I ask them why, and they don't even know. They don't remember. So many years ago, somebody did something, so they're they're upset. Anyway, we were arguing, and I remember God speaking to me, not in an audible voice, but down in my heart. And He told me I needed to be quiet, and I needed to agree with her because she was right. And I we were talking, we were you know we were kind of getting heated. And we were sitting in the car because, you know, we had the windows up. You don't want to do that with the windows down. Because everybody in the parking lot would be like, oh. do you see those two over there? So I see, she made some point And I mean, I heard the Lord say that. And I turned to her and I, and I listened to me. And I said, you know what? You're right. And she went, what did you say? And I said, you are right and I'm totally out of line, and I'm sorry. Can I tell you our level of argument went from this clear down to here? Biblically, the Bible says if you take wood off the fire, it can't keep going. A soft answer turns away wrath. You can say however you want to quote, whatever scripture you want, but when, you know, what I'm telling you is, there's, there's systems of operation. The enemy's going to operate in strife. He's going to do anything to get you all worked up. He's going to do anything. But I'm telling you, God's ways are bigger than that. But it's going to take a sacrifice for all of us to start walking that way. My wife just a few weeks ago read about love. Did you know that love is an incredible thing? And without love, you're not going to have some of the other stuff because that's the prime ingredient. So what if we walk that way? The Bible says this. What, well, let me say this: if if and and if God speaks to you and says, you know what, I, I'd like you to I, I'd like you to to be obedient and, and give something. And you know, some of you are right now. See, there he's talking about money. Get over it. It's okay. If you're if you're feeling that, don't give anything. That's up to you. But listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. There'll be sowing and reaping. But the Bible says that if we give in faith, everybody say in faith, we can be generous on how many occasions? It says on every occasion, on all occasions, we can be generous because why? It's not my money. God, if if you're telling me to do that, I don't want to have to in the natural consult my funds and go, can I do that? And my funds go, no, you can't because God knows what's in your checkbook. When I was bankrupt, I thought about money all the time. I went to bed thinking about money. I got up thinking about money. I wanted to know how we we're going to get groceries. What we were going to do. Not just how we're going to get through the week. Forget payday. How are we going to get through today? Who's going to, how are we going to eat? What are we planning tonight? Now, it sounds like I just had it terrible. I'm just telling you. How many knows how that plays on your mind? And you got kids. Kids don't know. You're always trying to feed your kids something. My kids would do this. <laughs> My my mother-in-law, who's wonderful, she would, she would just ask the kids, you got any Pop-Tarts? No, Grandma, we don't have no Pop-Tarts. You got any cereal? No, Grandma, we don't have no cereal. You got any food? Grandma, we don't have no food. <laughs> you know, or whatever. And then they would go out and they'd buy us food. And, you know, and then I had to eat humble pie. Because I, I didn't feel like I was providing for my family. But I went to my pastor and told him, huh? and he said, You need to be thankful. He said, Because they can help you and God wants them to help you, just be okay with it and then do whatever you can do. If I apply the kingdom and just say, You know what, Lord? I'm going to do whatever I can do. And if you want to use that to help me, who am I going to tell you what to do? You're the boss. I used to start thinking, God, if I did get this, what could go wrong? With What happens if it breaks? Things do wear out. How many of those things wear out? They do. But, but, everybody say but. But God. He can take Israelites through a desert and never wear their sandals or their their clothes out. Forty years and never have to. Now, all the guys would be like, yes, no new wardrobe. Yes. All the girls would be like, no, that's not in. Not for 40 years. But God can do anything. He can make something last longer than it needs or whatever. What I'm saying. And if it breaks, then God can replace it. Oh, we've had God do all kinds of things. There's so many stuff. I mean, it's great living in the kingdom because we've had different things where the water heater went out in Mal's apartment. You know, it wasn't working right. And before I would have thought this. Oh, dear Jesus, what's the water heater cost? What am I going to do? I called Rob Shrek because Rob is the plumber extraordinaire. And I called him and I'm like, okay, but here's what Kim and I did. Listen to me. Listen to me. We said, you know what? We're not going to strife about this. We're not going to worry about this. We're going to speak that this is fixed or replaced in Jesus name. We're not going to worry about it because I can't do anything about it. You can't, you can't do stuff that's already happened. So you're going to have to just rest in something. Choose whom this day, who you will serve. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We will not strive about this. God, we need a new water heater. We need that fixed. So I called Rob and told Rob, you just come tell me what is going on. He fixed it. It was a minor detail. Didn't have to do this. And it was great. Now listen to me. I didn't care. What we were going to do is just pick out whatever color or whatever we need. We didn't care because God was going to provide for it. I'll tell you something else. When we lived in High Point Road before we even came here. This is a true story. This is crazy. We lived there almost seven years and our water softener, I never replaced the salt in it. We just, we we were just like, okay, we'd never had that before. And we're like, I don't know. And they said, well, when that goes out, you fill that with salt. I remember just, I don't know. We just kind of prayed over all that stuff. Seven years, never replaced the salt, stayed full the whole time. Crazy. But not crazy for God. You see, who is doing all that? Jesus wants you to not be afraid. He wants you to have what you need. If he needs it, he'll supply it. We just bought the house that we live in now. We bought it, and guess what went out? We've only lived there four months. Guess what went out? The air conditioning. Help me, Jesus. There's a demon of air conditioner running around. I mean, the thing looked like it came over with Noah and the ark anyway. We knew that when we bought it, but there's a warranty with the house. And so we decided that we wouldn't worry about it. It went out because it had the warranty. We just spoke to it and said, that's replaced in Jesus' name. Before it ever gave us trouble, God, if it's going to go out, it's going to go out during this warranty system. So this puppy will get replaced. Today I'm standing here to tell you that he provided not only for the money to get it replaced that we needed for, because it got replaced, a brand new air conditioning unit. It's all done. And it, and it cost us to, you know, you can't... Let me just say there's other things they have to do when they put in a unit. There's like the pipes that have to go from the unit to the house. Those aren't included in the warranty. So the guy told us what it would be. But you know what? God had already made a way for that. And that money was covered. And it was just a small portion. I mean, you know, the, the unit's thousands of dollars. I didn't pay a penny of it. It's a brand new unit in the house. Why? kingdom living that's why god did it that's why god takes care of us that's why he's my god that's why he does everything that i that i need that's why i can count on god for anything that's why my house is protected that's why his son died for me that's why god's got it all under control that's why i want you to have that faith like that i want you to say god How do I do that? Do your part. Believe, confess, and do not doubt. And release and receive by faith. 11.24 of Mark very, very explains that. I believe when I pray. I receive it then, not when it shows up. We received that water heater fixed then when we prayed. We received that uh, air conditioning unit when we prayed. So it's just it has to it has to show up. Everything comes through faith, based on God's will. I'm going to teach you in the next couple weeks the exact things we do for things to show up. I mean, I'm, just, I'm going to I'll number them. Here's what we do when we're believing for something. Here's exactly what we do with that principle: confessing, believing, do not doubting. At this point, God wants to teach you to walk in the kingdom for life, not just for a day. Are you with me? Hang with me just a little, just a few more weeks. We're going to figure this thing out. If you could leave and go, you know what? And I could show you a puzzle piece that you haven't been doing. And God shows it to you. And you do it. And things start happening. It'll change your life. Don't just settle for anything. Settle for God. Now, I say that in a way that doesn't sound right, but I'm just saying pick Him. Nothing else will do. Just make up your mind. I won't settle for anything else. I have to have God. Does that make sense? So maybe settle's not the best word for that, but God, I put God first. I, you know, it doesn't take any faith to wait. I'm going to do whatever God says when I'm done. I'm going to put God first. If you put God first... The rest of the details. That's when God starts showing up. That's when things start happening and you're like, how did he do that? That's where he says, you know, Brett, I need you to give this amount. God, I don't want to give that amount. I need you to give that amount. And within just a day or so, somebody shows up at your door and says, I don't know what this means, but I'm supposed to give you this. And you're like, okay, God, you're amazing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?